gentlemen, start your engine. Live from our studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Fox Sports Spartanburg presents Start Your Engines. Here is your race team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black, author and veteran motorsports journalist Deb Williams, local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill, former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. And here is your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author Perry Allen Wood. is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Now let's go live to death. And good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines. And we're going to jump right in there first thing with Deb Williams. Good morning, Deb. Good morning. How are you doing? Well, this is a great way to start the show. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree, and they've already got cars on the track here at the Roval. They're already into Xfinity practice this morning. And listen, before we get started with anything else, I'm here to demand a protest against NASCAR for disqualifying Harvick. Because <laughs> that's who well, I picked last know, week. I know. <laughs> I had just I had just uh, texted Ronnie a congratulations, and... Uh, then Lanny sent it to me that the uh, that he'd been disqualified, and I'm like, what? But you know, that was a. I know that was a big setback for him. I mean, as far as wanting to win a race and and coming so close to winning one, of course he didn't win it. But, um, I, you know, is is was that something really picky? I mean, I didn't understand if that's something that could have happened during the race or if the car started out like that. It was something they were trying to. To pull off, what's your understanding of that, Deb? Well, uh, NASCAR Cup Series Managing Director Brad Moran met with some of us this morning, and when I say some of us, I'm talking about the media, and he showed us the windshield and exactly uh, explained everything to us. And the screws were missing. Uh, There were screws missing. There were screws backed out, and he showed us that you could not do it with just by your hand. And... uh, Basically, when they looked at the windshield on pit road after the race, it was obvious to the casual observer that uh, these screws were missing and all. And it's a safety thing that they have in the rule book. They have to be secured. They have to all be in place. And none of them can be missing. And none of this was spotted on any of the other windshields that were looked at. Did they give him an aerodynamic advantage, or, or was it just something that you got to do it this way, and, and that's the only way? Well, basically the way NASCAR ruled, their ruling was, this is the way it has to be. It says in the rule book, this is the way it's got to be, and that's why he was disqualified. Now, when he was asked this morning about whether or not it gave uh, Harvick an aerodynamic advantage, he said that that depends on what... In, uh, the engineers you talk to, everybody has differing opinions on it. So, but that was not why he was disqualified. He was disqualified because the rule book says it has to be secured, all the screws have to be in place, 
and they were not. Well, that's uh, that was like I said, a tough break, and he, uh, I think he also, uh, I think he runs. Well, he runs pretty well every place. I, I think he's a past champion and used to be. I guess he still is called the closer, but he hadn't. He hasn't closed the one out in a while. Uh, but um, I think he had. Seems like he had one. A real close. Did he have that close finish with uh, Jimmy Johnson that year on the Roval? I'm trying to think. Or was that somebody like uh, um, Keselowski? Or I don't know. I, it seems like he was involved in a real close finish there not that long ago. Uh, the the one that sticks out in my mind with Jimmy Johnson was when he was going for the win instead of the points to, and he and Martin Truex Jr. wrecked in the final lap in the chicane, and it took Jimmy out of the playoffs. That's what I was and thinking And that's of. the one that stands in my mind. I couldn't remember who he wrecked with. So, uh, mm-hmm. okay. Well, I want to go to Talladega for a minute. And, uh, um, of course, it, they went some pretty long periods there without a crash. And they, I guess the big one was right there at the finish. But uh, let's go to the truck race for a minute because that was uh, – you see fisticuffs every now and then, but it's usually pushing and shoving. But Matt Crafton and uh, Nick Sanchez really got after it. What's uh, – I know Sanchez said that he was sucker punched and Crafton said he wasn't. But he said, yeah, but I let him have it when he threatened me. Uh, what's your understanding of that? And there were some uh, some monetary fines that came down. There were, and, you know, it's a situation where not being there and only having the video to look at uh, because I did not go to Talladega. And there's always two sides to every story. And as one veteran reporter told me when I first started covering this sport in racing, there's usually four to five sides to every story. (laughs) So the only one that got suspended was Nick Sanchez's father who got involved in it and was throwing punches. But now, was that, is, that, is that Renee? Yes, it is. Okay, because I, mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out who that was, and that was going to be one of my questions. Yeah, he's, he's suspended uh, for the rest of the year. That's right. And if you remember, several years ago, uh, Joy Logano's father got suspended, too, when Joy got involved in an altercation at California Speedway. I believe Joy was probably he may have still been driving for joe gibbs at the time but um you know the way nascar looks at that is no different than if it was a crew member that got involved where they shouldn't have been and their reason for giving matt crafton the larger fine was because he had time you know it was after the race it wasn't like two drivers meeting immediately on pit road after the race right so that, and then he, you gotta remember, he also parked his truck in Nick Sanchez's pit and got out and left it sitting there. I didn't even know so, that. Oh yes, he did. After that wreck, he, uh, and he claimed that Nick wrecked him. And, um, when he came down pit road, he parked his truck in Nick Sanchez's pit and got out and walked away and left it sitting there. Mm. Now, Nick Sanchez was the truck champion last year, wasn't he? No. He no. wasn't? That, no, no, not not the truck champion. Um, that was Zane Smith. Zane Smith, okay. Mm-hmm. What did I, well, I, okay, I read something wrong again. <laughs> I appreciate you speaking. Well, you may be thinking about ARCA. I think he was, I could be wrong, but for some reason I'm thinking he was in ARCA last year. Well, then he must have been the champion. I just can't remember. I saw something last night, and I read it, and it said 2012. Uh, 
22 champion, and I, I, I look at when I'm getting my paperwork ready to do the show, I'm looking at all the series, and I, I probably got it mixed up, but I know it was Nick Sanchez. So, But anyway, um, so, uh, you know, that's uh, you said you saw the video. Unfortunately, unless there is a video out there that I haven't seen, there wasn't one that showed uh, any kind of sucker punch or anything like that, and so, you know. I don't know. Crafton's been around for so long. I was actually probably shouldn't do this, but I was kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt. I just, I just can't. I mean, it could have happened, like Sanchez said, but I just can't see somebody walking up and just clobbering somebody without without some sort of a dialogue first. Well, what what Sanchez claimed was that he was walking back to his transporter. And he got tapped on his back. And when he turned around to see who had tapped him on his back is when he got sucker punched. Yeah. That's what. That's his story. Yeah. And he's sticking to it. That's right. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, then we'll move on from there. I think, uh, what, Crafton got a $25,000 fine? Was that mm-hmm. and, uh, That's uh, correct. And the other, uh, Sanchez got 10000 5000 5000 okay, wow. And a possible broken nose. <laughs> mm, wow. Okay. All right. Well, um, in other news, the uh, and I haven't had a chance to really go over it too closely yet, but the new schedule came out for 2024, and I know they they did some shuffling around with, uh, I think Darlington now is the last race of the regular season, and Atlanta is the first race of the playoffs. Right. And the reason this has all happened, a lot of it has to do with the fact that the Summer Olympics are this year. And NBC has the contract for the Summer Olympics. And so we have two weeks off uh, in, at summer, uh, during the summer. And that's the reason for the schedule change. And Texas is no longer in the playoffs. And Watkins Glen is. In fact, that first round in the playoffs is really interesting because you've got Atlanta as the first race. You've got Watkins Glen as the second race. And Bristol as the cutoff race. So that first round is going to be really interesting. And I think Darlington will be, too, since it's going to be the last race in the regular season. And uh, we only have three standalone races next year, and that by that I mean the truck series is somewhere else when Cup and Xfinity or together or Cup and Truck are together and Xfinity somewhere else. And the, the first one is the first weekend in June when Xfinity is at Portland and Cup and Trucks are at Gateway, or Worldwide Technology Raceway, and then uh, the trucks have the standalone at IRP when Xfinity and Cup are at the Brickyard for that anniversary of that race, and then you have trucks as standalone at Milwaukee again, so they're going back to Milwaukee, and um, <clears throat> that's the weekend that Xfinity and Cup are in Daytona for the second Daytona race, i.e. the weekend before Darlington, the Southern 500. I'm looking at the schedule as you're talking about it, and, and I'm familiarizing myself. And when you said they're off two weeks for the Olympics, um, I didn't realize those are back-to-back weeks. I mean, that, that's like a two-week vacation right there. Uh, July 28th and August 4th, they will be, they'll be off. Right. And, you know, um, I'm glad they're doing something different this year with that. When we had this two years ago, they put some truck races in there. But this time, because trucks are televised on FS1, but 
this year they really gave all three series two weeks off. So I'm I'm glad for that. Now the the schedule will be ending a weekend later in November because of that two week break. Right. And um and I was really stunned by the Atlanta race being the, the spring Atlanta race being the second race of the season in February. I hadn't even that's noticed right that. right after Daytona. I hadn't even noticed that yet. I knew noticed though after the two weeks off though, it's going to be like a. I mean, there'll be a lot of. I mean, they're always preparing. I know that, but it'll be like for the stretch run, the last four races of the regular season at Richmond, Michigan, Daytona, and Darlington. So uh, they'll have two weeks off before those final four races of the regular season. Right, and you know the the preparation since they're limited on the number of cars they can have. I believe the number of cars each team can have is seven. I may be off on that, but you know they can't build cars far ahead like they used to could back when you had stables of twelve and fifteen cars, and everything is regulated now. And it's like they said, it all depends. Yeah, everybody's got the same parts and pieces, but how they're assembled is what makes the difference. But, um, you know, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, plus, uh, back on the Oval at Indianapolis and no dirt at Bristol. So there's, uh, and back on the road course at uh, the street course in Chicago. So uh, quite a few changes, actually. Yeah, and you've got Iowa on there, too. Iowa, that's right. And, you know, if you'll notice, there's no, the only race in Southern California is the Bush Clash at the Coliseum. Uh, California Speedway or Auto Club Speedway, however you want to refer to it, is not on there this year. And that's where Iowa, that's the date that Iowa has taken. <coughs> Excuse me, but it's also interesting that we're not at Bristol this Easter. The Easter race, uh, Easter weekend race is now at Richmond. Okay. <coughs> that's all right. Uh, well, let's do our points. Um, hey, Deb, I, I snuck up on you a little bit. The points right mm-hmm. now. Deb's got 48. I've got 44. Ronnie's got 43. I'd already figured out the new point standard with Ronnie before he, <laughs> before he well, got I'm, uh, I'm still, disqualified. Well, I'm still under protest. Yeah, well. You, um, <laughs> Sorry, but that's not protestable. That's yeah. an infraction that can't be protested. Yeah, and uh, Lanny's got 40, so there's eight points between the top uh, the top four of us. Greg's got 17. He actually got a point for uh, your old guy, uh, Truex. Truex. So uh, let's do our picks for this week, uh, Deb. Uh, you're the, you're leading, so what the heck? Go first. Okay, I want Reddick, please. I want the forty-five. Ronnie, I'm gonna hope lightning strikes twice. Going back with Harvey. I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Chase Elliott because one year he even ran straight into the tire barrier or something and ended up winning the race. So. Uh, I'll stick with him. And uh, Lanny, let's see. Um, Lanny, call me yours in, and I'll give Greg Truex again, if that's okay with you, Ronnie. That's fine with me. You you and Deb. Um, I got a a question here. Trent Lancaster just texted me, and um, he asks, uh, he says, ask Deb about the Mexican NASCAR Association coming to the Bush Clash. I don't know anything about that. Do you? Know what he's referring to? Mm, the only thing I can think he's referring to is the NASCAR series that runs in Mexico, maybe coming to the Bush Clash. 
and I have heard of a series that's coming there, but honestly, it went in one ear and out the other, and it didn't click with me as, as to who it was, but I'll certainly check on that and see and have that answer for you next week. Okay, and there's a bunch of uh, people from the radio station. Uh, Lanny just texted in. He wants Larson. There's a bunch of people from the radio station that are guests of Jeremy Clements walking around up there this uh, this morning. I don't know if you're going to be in the area where they are or if they'll be in your area, but uh, uh, be on the lookout <laughs> because uh, I know they've been talking about it a lot on the radio this week that uh, a bunch of them are, are going because it's so close by, and uh, I know several of them. Uh, Ryan Clary, who's... Uh, uh, does a lot of the play-by-play here. In fact, he does just about all of it. He um, he's never seen a race, so he's got his children. Oh, okay. Up. He's got his children up there. So if you see him, I right. know you'll be nice to him. Well, yeah, of course I would be. Of and course. Um, you know, I don't know if I'll run into him or not, but hopefully I will. We've got uh, press interviews starting at ten forty-five, which is why I have to come on early, and they go until probably qualifying for the Cup Series. So it's it's a rather busy day interview-wise. This is always our busiest day when it comes to media availability. Well, two things that have happened uh, regarding the Xfinity Series, since we're talking about that race. Go right ahead. Uh, Haley Deegan will be moving to the Xfinity Series full-time next year in 2024. Yep, uh, that. that. was announced the other day. And then um, Ryan Newman will actually return to the Xfinity Series at Homestead. And he'll be driving in the Homestead Xfinity race. Oh, okay. Well, good. Um, so, uh, well, Deb, anything else? Uh, I just got another text from Trent. He said, yep, that's it. That's what he was talking about. So, uh, sounds like, um, if you find anything else more about it, you could let us know. We'd appreciate it. Anything else, I'll Deb? I'll do that. Then we'll let you go. No, I think that's pretty much it for this week. You know, it's uh, closing in. This is a cutoff race for the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series. That's so right. Be a lot of tension here to determine the round of eight. And Ryan Blaney was—he uh, was in jeopardy of not making the cut. I think he was in the that final four to to get bumped out, but he took care of that by winning at Talladega. That's true, and it's really interesting because right now Brad Keselowski is two points above the cut line. And Tyler Reddick is two points below the cut line. And then you have Bubba Wallace, nine points below. Ross Chastain is 10 below. And Kyle Busch is 26 below. So Kyle Busch basically has to win if he wants to move on to the round of eight. Absolutely. Okay, Deb. Well, I know you've got some other obligations there this morning. And uh, listen, any anything we can ever do to get you on the show, the, the show is ten times better with you than without you. So you just let us know and we'll accommodate you any way we can. Well, that's very kind of you. I deeply appreciate it. I always uh, enjoy spending time with you all. Thank you so much, and have a great weekend. You too. It's going to be a beautiful fall weekend, that's for sure. You know, I got my first load of firewood this week, and it's supposed to get uh, around 50 or maybe a little below, and definitely Sunday night. And since the banks are closed Monday, I'm going to sit up late by the fire and uh, have a few cocktails and have a good time. Well, good for you. All right. All right, Deb. Thank you so Thank much, you. and we'll uh, talk to you next week. Have fun. Be careful. Thank you. Sounds good. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Deb Williams there. Ronnie, who is she? She's the smartest woman I know. Yep, and she didn't yell at me today, so that was a step in the right direction. <laughs> good for you. We're mending fences. Well, I didn't say anything wrong. I didn't say anything wrong last week, and I got yelled at anyway. So, anyway, let's take a first break. We'll come back and uh, 
we will, oh, I, well, we'll come back and talk about it. we got a guest lined up for you that we've never had before, and uh, I think he's going to be very interesting. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Have you been in a car or motorcycle wreck or an accident involving an 18-wheeler? Have you been injured in a workplace accident? If any of these things happen to you, you need to call the Carolina Law Group today. The Carolina Law Group isn't afraid of the big insurance companies, and they will fight for you. Call today to speak with an attorney for a free consultation. In Spartanburg and Greer, call 757-5555. And in Greenville, call 312-4444. The Carolina Law Group attorneys are your local injury lawyers. With four convenient locations to serve you in Spartanburg, Greenville, and Greer. Visit them online today at thecarolinalawgroup.com. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like R.J. Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. It's 2023 and the Mark Hodge era at Spartanburg is running strong as the Vikings are once again a contender for the region and state title. This season we'll hear a lot of new names on offense as the Vikings are led by junior quarterback T.J. Johnson. You'll recognize familiar names on defense though as senior safety Charles Woodruff and junior linebacker Cam Smith who had over 125 tackles last season are back once again. Catch Spartanburg Viking football presented by Chris Foster Heating and Air on Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3 FM, SpartanburgSportsRadio.com and the Fox Sports Spartanburg app. Make Phillips and Law and Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and we'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Law and Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Find an old 35-millimeter film camera? Are you using one now? Do you want to? Where do you go to get your film developed? Spartan Photo Center, the last full-service camera store in South Carolina. They have all sorts of new and used cameras, digital and film. Remember film? They develop 35-millimeter and 120-sized color negative film three times a week. Black and white every couple of weeks. Get your film developed, scanned, printed, or cloud-delivered to you by Google Drive or Dropbox. Need film? They've got film. 35-millimeter color and black and white. Spartan Photo Center, 108 Garner Road, just off North Pine Street, across from the Food Lion. Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave, across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. And welcome back to Start Your Engines. And uh, a little bit different getting the show started off with Deb. I, it was. It's okay. Um, didn't get a chance to greet you yet. But, uh, Greetings. Officially over the, the air. But uh, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Greg couldn't be with us, but he got us a guest. And, he did, uh, got an excellent guest, I think. Well, 
it, on paper <laughs> so far, and I have talked to him this morning, and we'll find out exactly how he got involved with Greg, but his name is Mitchell Stapleton, and he, uh, in fact, I just had him on the phone just to introduce myself uh, before the show started, and Mitchell um, has got a YouTube uh He's all channel. over YouTube. Is it a yeah. YouTube channel? Is that, yes. is that the correct terminology? And he uh, does racing videos, and he goes around, and he said, he's, I said, are you a historian or a videographer or what? And he said, well, actually, I don't know what I am. I think I'm a fabricator. But uh, he's built race cars, and according to his area code, he's up around Pittsburgh someplace. But he's... Um, Got we'll some interviews on there with Lake Speed. You, I, you've probably looked at more of. I, I looked at some of the Lake Speed interview last night. Well, haven't he, heard from Lake in a while. He has dozens and dozens of videos, and they they're all well made. Yeah. Well, we'll talk to Mitchell uh, coming up at eleven o'clock and uh, see what he has to say. I've had some real good feedback this week on our show that had uh, with Rex White last week when we had his grand nephew or great nephew or whatever you call him jeremy clements on and that was that was pretty cool i enjoyed doing that and a lot of people have uh, contacted me and said that they enjoyed it as well it was a lot of fun yeah it was fun and uh one other thing to touch on that we usually touch on this time of year ronnie is uh your boys won and my boys lost last night yeah high school football high school football we got a whole board full of it here and i'm sure the other show before ours uh Probably covered it very well, but Spartan High just cannot hang on to the football. A lot of interceptions. It looked like I watched the game, although I did doze off for a little while there. I know they had a couple of interceptions and, and should have had one more that hit the Gaffney guy right in the chest. But, uh, yeah, they got beat 19-14. Burns won double overtime, huh? Double in, overtime at Bowling Springs. Bowling Springs. So, uh all right, I don't know what the records are and who's got what next. And uh, I talked to my daughter yesterday, and she says she gets in Spartan High games free. And uh, so we're, I think we're going to take one in at some point. But anyway, football's well underway. Uh, we carry the Gamecocks here on this station, but not today because they are off. And what Clemson's got, Wake Forest. So uh, right. I don't think they'll have too tough of a time of that. So, all right, let's do some uh, – well, let me thank Lanny, Lanny McKinney, uh, who... Uh, he keeps us straight. He he does a great job of it, too. He backs us up and gets the podcast out there probably by the middle of this afternoon and maintains the Budmore Engineering website and our station website and just does an overall great job for us behind the scenes. Thank you so much, Lanny. We appreciate everything you do for us. Um, so, last week, they ran at Talladega for the cup and uh, with a slam bang finish and cars going across the finish line sideways and such as that Ryan Blaney was the winner and second we thought was Kevin Harvick but as Deb just explained to us he uh, he had an illegal windshield the way it was fastened <coughs> and it's just not a you know they, she said depending on who you talk to if it was an aerodynamic advantage or not, it's sort of up, up well, for grabs. I talked to Greg about it this week, and he said that he knew of no aerodynamic advantage it would give you. So, I, you know, he knows a lot more about it than I do. Yeah, well. I, did I mention Greg's not with us this morning? He's uh, he's not with us. Not right. sure why, <laughs> but he got us a guess. So, anyway, 
They ran at Talladega last week in a fairly clean race. They only had four caution flags, which was pretty good for uh, for that track where they're famous for the big one. But uh, Ryan Blaney was the winner. William Byron was second. Third is was Denny Hamlin. Fourth, Corey LaJoy snuck in there amongst all the spinning and smoking sliding cars. Fifth was Austin Sendrick. Sixth, Justin Haley. Seventh, Chase Elliott. Eighth, Ryan Priest. Ninth, Riley Herbst, who did a really good job of staying up front and uh, really kind of introducing himself to the cup guys because he's, you know, uh, he is a Xfinity driver who got a, a ride with uh, the Front Row Motorsports team for that race and did, did an excellent job. Led a little bit, actually. And um, tenth was Daniel Suarez. Looking on down the line, uh, see if anything notable. Kyle Larson didn't do much. He was 15th. And uh, that's about it. Bubba Wallace was 23rd. He usually runs very well at Talladega. In fact, he has won at Talladega. And um, Kevin Harvick, of course, was uh, relegated to dead last. Carson Hosefar was in that number 42 last week, Ronnie. So uh, I'm not sure if he is this week or not. So anyway, that's the cup race. The points as... Um, as we speak right now, William Byron is the points leader, and as uh, Deb said, this is a cutoff race for both Xfinity and Cup. So the bottom four guys here I name are uh, they're on the chopping block to to not move up. William Byron is the um, is the points leader with six wins. Second is Ryan Blaney, so he goes from almost on the bubble and really being in jeopardy of not making it to second place in the points, and that's how quickly it can change. Uh, third is Denny Hamlin. Fourth, Christopher Bell. Fifth is Chris Boucher uh, with three wins and finishing pretty good each week. Sixth is Martin Truex. Seventh, Kyle Larson. And eighth is Brad Keselowski. The others that are on the bubble now, these next four, uh, in jeopardy of not making the playoffs, uh, Keselowski is four is uh, two points ahead of Tyler Reddick. And his teammate, Bubba Wallace, is tenth. 11th is Ross Chastain, and way back there is Kyle Busch, and he's just flat out not going to make it up enough points to uh, to make the top eight after uh, the Roval, so he's going to have to win to make it, and so we'll keep an eye on him, and uh, that race will be run tomorrow at 2 p.m. on NBC. It is the Bank of America Roval 400, and... Uh, so that's uh, supposed to be a gorgeous weather, and it's not that far away, and I'm sure you could probably get a ticket, maybe a pretty good one. So, uh, you know, you can be up there in a little over an hour. It's going to be a great weekend to uh, to be at the track and be at the Roval, which I've never, I've never seen a race on the Roval. They had a road course there. They've had a road course there for years. Right. Uh, wasn't called the Roval, and it probably wasn't exactly the same shape. I know some of it was. It didn't have that chicane at the right before the start finish line, and it didn't have one on the back stretch. But um, I was up there one year when David Pearson was winning the pole for the every race they had up there. He won like eleven or thirteen in a row, something like that. And this was for the fall race, and I went up there, and. Um, he won the pole again. David Pearson did, but they imagine had, that the Sports Car Club of America was running on the road course with, uh, you know. And I found those pictures. Uh, I've got all these old scrapbooks where I used to 
keep uh, keep up with. When you actually had physical photographs. Yeah, really. And uh, uh, I remember uh, Michael Andretti was there. You know, these were up and coming people. Michael Andretti and right. Um, oh, there was a bunch of them. I won't waste time trying to think of them. But uh, Xfinity, let's move there. They were off last week. That's why we had Jeremy Clemens here in the studio. And their uh, points race looks like John Hunter Nemechek has got a stranglehold on it right now, although he's only nine points ahead um, of Justin Allgaier, but he's got seven wins. Justin Allgaier is second. Third is Cole Custer. Fourth is Austin Hill with four wins. Fifth is Chandler Smith. Sixth is Sammy Smith. Seventh, Sheldon Creed. And eighth is Daniel Henry. So the bottom four there uh, will be ninth, Parker Klingerman, who's a point behind Henrik. Tenth is Jeb Burton. Eleventh, Josh Berry. And twelfth, Sam Mayer. Got to go all the way down to 19th, where he has been almost all year to find Jeremy Clements. And um, he is 58 points out of 18th place. You know, he said last week it's, it behooves them to finish just as high as they can. You know, the higher you finish in the standings, no matter where it is, uh, the more money you get. And so they're 58 points out of 18th place. Ryan Siege, uh, that's going to be a tall order. Here's something that's very telling, though, of everybody in the top 20. Actually, you can go down to, tw- to 23rd, Joe Graff, Jr. Everybody in the top uh, 23, except Jeremy Clements, has got a, a win, a pole, or a top 10, which is uh, I mean, that's just how rotten a season he's having. He's got the Dale Earnhardt throwback card today uh, with... Uh, Number 51, uh, Whitaker Chevrolet from Kevin Whitaker. Is that Kevin? Is that it, I think? He's, uh, anyway, over in Charlotte uh, on the Roval. He runs the Roval well. He's had some, I remember the year that uh, it was practically underwater and it was more like a submarine race. Uh, He had a real good uh, finish coming until right there at the very end. But we're pulling for Jeremy. We're always pulling for Jeremy. And that race today is called the Drive for the Cure 250. And that will be at 3 p.m. on NBC. So uh, we'll like take a look. One more quick one here. We talked about the trucks with the fight they had last week. They ran the uh, um, they ran at Talladega as well in the Love's RV Stop 250. And the winner was Brett Moffat. Second, Ben Rhodes. Third, Dean Thompson. Fourth, Chandler Smith. Fifth, Corey Heim. Sixth, Daniel Dye. Seventh, Nick Sanchez, who sort of bullied his way to uh, that position and took Matt Crafton out during the race, which Matt didn't care much for that and let him know it afterwards. Um, seventh, Sanchez. Eighth, Hallie Deegan, who, as Deb told us, has got a ride in a, the car number 15 Mustang. Good-looking car. They unveiled it this week for Xfinity next year. And ninth is Parker Klingerman. And tenth is Lawless Allen. It's not Alan Lawless. It's Lawless Adam. Alan. <coughs> so, uh, Carson Hostevar is 11th. Raja Karuth was 12th. And the points in the truck series, as they're coming up, uh, they will have a cutoff next uh, time they race, and that will be at Homestead. But right now, the point standings for trucks, Corey Heim has a 10-point lead over Carson Hostevar. 
Third is Christian Eckes. Fourth, the several times mentioned Nick Sanchez is fourth. Fifth is Grant Enfinger. Sixth, Ben Rhodes. Seventh, Ty Majeski. And eighth, eighth is Zane Smith. Those bottom uh, four after Homestead will drop off, and they'll go to Phoenix for their last race. They've only got two left with uh, the top four battling it out for the championship. Matt Crafton is ninth in the standings, and Matt D. Benedetto is tenth. So Crafton being a past champion, I guess he was uh, he was extremely unhappy with uh, Nick Sanchez, and I didn't. I was wondering who got um, suspended for the rest of the year, and it said Renee Sanchez, and I didn't know who in the heck that was. But uh, you know, we got a bug crawling across the thing here, and I don't like that too much. Um, so anyway, um, they will run. On Saturday, October 21st, for the Baptist Health 200. And that will be at noon on FS1. And and, uh, that will be the penultimate race for the trucks before they go to Phoenix to wrap up their season. So uh, that's that. We'll come back and hit a few more things before uh, we talk to Mitchell Stapleton. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Alex, I see you got a new car. Yeah, man, it's sweet. Room for Titus and all his stuff, but it's missing something. Like what? Well, you know how Titus likes Tupac. Naturally. Well, the new car doesn't have the bass like my old car did. You need to take it to Elite Audio. They can add bass to a factory system. Seriously? Yeah, while you're there, let them add a remote start so the car is warm when you and Titus get in in the morning. I also saw they can add LED headlights, which you should look at, Clary, because you can't see anything. Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Check out all they can do at EliteAudioOnline.com plus their Facebook page. Apparently, you can't hear either. What? Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings, or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call local State Farm agent Cliff Gobert at 597-1200. Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company, keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting Spartan-Waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time, every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community, where they work and live, clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. 
Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Finding something delicious to match my mood can be a challenge, but McDonald's kills it every single time. Like when I need something with a little oomph, that's when I reach for a classic and melty McDouble. When I want something with a little oomph, that's when I go for a crispy and juicy McChicken. And with Mix and Match, I can get two faves for just $3.49, like a McDouble with a McChicken or small fries. And now, my mood calls for a little oomph and mmm. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. back to start your engines on fox sports spartanburg and uh i think i just pushed the wrong button over here ronnie i don't, know, I don't know what's gonna happen at the top of the hour uh hmm might have to might have to figure that out here in a few seconds but um i did get mike hill to uh, agree to join us after uh mitch stapleton mike was texting me he should sent me a picture of one of their cars and talking about the aerodynamics and the windshield and stuff like that. So I said, well, just come on and tell us about it. (laughs) We'll do it that way. So let's go to ARCA. And ARCA uh, ran last week at uh, Atlas 200, which was at the famous Salem Speedway. And uh, the winner there was Jesse Love. Gee, what a surprise. He's won most of the races they've had this year. Second was Andres Perez de Lara. Third, Christian Rose. Fourth, Tony Breitinger. And her best finished, as far as I know, in the uh, uh, the Victoria's Secret, Raising Cane's uh, Bill Venturini Toyota. Good finish for her. Fifth was Connor Popplewell. Not familiar with him. Sixth, William Sawalich. Seventh, John Garrett. Eighth, Ed Pompa. Ninth, Brayton Laster and 10th, Malcolm in the middle, Frankie Munez. They will run their last race of the season, and they will be done with ARCA, and Jesse Love will be the champion, and this will be uh, today at, uh, where are they running this thing? At Toledo uh, in the Shore Lunch 200, and that will be at 4 p.m. on FS2. So ARCA will wrap up their season today, um, and... Won't be back until Daytona. The point standings for ARCA, as I said, Jesse Love is way out front with an uh, uh, insurmountable lead of over 140 points. Second, Andres Perez de Lara. Third, Christian Rose. Fourth, Frankie Munez. Fifth is John Garrett. Sixth, Brad Smith. Seventh, A.J. Moyer. Eighth, William Sawalich. Ninth is, uh, turn the page. Tony Breitinger and Tim Monroe. As far as the wins, Jesse Love has 10 wins, and uh, William Wallach has three, and after that, it's, uh, uh, I tell you, Jesse Love didn't leave much for the others, and he drives for uh, 
think he drives for Gibbs, does he not? Or is it Bill Venturini? He drives for Bill Venturini. So uh, I'm sure he'll be moving up pretty soon. We will probably see him in the trucks or Xfinity or something next year. Uh, and as I said, Arca will end their season this year at um, for this year at Toledo at 4 o'clock this afternoon on FS2. IMSA, we'll talk a little bit with uh, Mike Hill about that as well when we get him on at the uh, after uh, around 11.20. But their point standings uh, is still the Wheeling Cadillac that Mike was a part of and still is as far as I'm concerned. I'm sure they still checked with him from time to time. Um, with Pipo Durrani and Alexander Sims with a razor-thin three-point lead over to Wayne Taylor Acura of Felipe Albuquerque and Ricky Taylor. Third Five points behind the wheel in Cadillac is Matthew Jaminet and Nick Tandy, and that's in the Penske Porsche. I really don't want to see Penske win another championship in something. I really don't. He's no, he's a he's a great guy. Uh, I mean, I like him if for nothing else for all he's done at Indianapolis, except he he wins that too often as well. But uh, he uh, he's on the verge of winning the IMSA championship, and I just hope he doesn't do it. Fourth. 38 points back is the BMW team with Nick Yololi and Connor DiFilippi. And fifth is the other Penske Porsche of Felipe Nasser and Matt Campbell. And they're 73 points back. I don't think they can quite catch up, but who knows? I'm not sure how the points work for uh, IMSA. I know you get points for sitting on the pole and and maybe some other things, uh, like fastest lap. I think Formula One gives you a point for that. But anyway... Um, they will run next Saturday, last race of the season at the uh, Motul Petit Le Mans at Road Atlanta, and it will be on the whole 10 hours. Uh, Peacock airs the whole thing starting uh, uh, at 10, from, well, from before that, I think at 10, uh, 10 four, um, 9.40, something like that, until the conclusion uh, some uh, at 10 o'clock at night. But the over-the-air, uh, if you don't have Peacock, USA Network will cover it from 6.30 to 10. That's the last three and a half hours. So, uh, anyway, you can watch all of it. I can promise you I'll be watching as much of it as possible. And that's it. Road Atlanta, I'd love to go down there, but as I was saying, you know, I'm a, I just, I'm just not going to watch a 10-hour race and then, drive it, and then drive home. I mean, I guess I could get a room down there, but that may be impossible at this point as well uh next sunday no i'm sorry yeah next sunday tomorrow next sunday formula one will run in qatar or cutter at the uh low sale international circuit and that is uh in qatar i didn't get a time yeah i got a time on this it's on my tv sheet over here um the points you know what can i say max verstappen's running away with it they didn't run last week but he is the points leader with Sergio Perez second, Lewis Hamilton third, Fernando Alonso fourth, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> and Carlos Sainz fifth. I tell you what, my rev limiter is kicking in early today, Ronnie. So, uh, well, we've got things turned around and all the segments are jumbled up. Yeah, they are. And I don't know what happened when I pushed the button a while ago. We're going to have a. The well, network come on at the top of the hour or not? Uh, we'll we'll find out in nine minutes. <laughs> yeah, we will. Well, yeah, we will. And uh, I've got a 
I've got to figure out something for us to talk about for nine minutes there, Ronnie, because when I get done with this, uh, that's just about going to wrap it up. The the TV, which I usually do right before we go off the air, uh, that's the last thing I've got to talk about. Maybe we can discuss the schedule or something later. Uh, But um, NASCAR Cup qualifying, Xfinity is qualifying, uh, well, they'll be qualifying um, at 10 o'clock. So they're qualifying right now. Be nice to know how Jeremy's doing. Uh, that is on the NBC, Sport, NBC Sports app, which I do not have, I don't think. Um, and then uh, cup qualifying will be, <coughs> excuse me again, cup qualifying will be uh, at 12 o'clock. Uh, that is airtime. They'll go from 12.30 to 2.00. And uh, the Xfinity Series race today at 3 on NBC, the big network, the big channel, with uh, the ARCA race that I mentioned from Toledo at 4 p.m. <coughs> tomorrow, I tell you what, my throat is giving out on me here. Uh, tomorrow, uh, October 8th, the uh, Formula One race that I just mentioned from uh, Cutter will be at 12.55 p.m., so that's like uh, shortly before 1 o'clock. It's the middle of the afternoon race, and uh, that is on ESPN and ESPN2 with uh, the NASCAR Cup race from Charlotte on NBC at 2.30. So a lot of racing. What's left of it is uh, winding down. I know we've said this last few weeks, but it just doesn't seem possible that we're almost to the end of NASCAR season. Seems like it just started a couple of weeks ago. I may be at the end of the season right now. Because <laughs> uh, I tell you what, um, I know a lot of people have, uh, I know Clary's been coughing a lot, and I am too right now. So uh, I, it's, it's a very uncomfortable thing to have a lot of talking to do and know that you're going to, have to fight a cough all the way through it, but that's that's showbiz, folks. Uh, that's why we're going to uh, try to have, uh, well, we, we will have uh, two guests here after the top of the hour. Uh, looking at this um, schedule, Ronnie. Okay. Let's see what we've got here. I can read some notes about the schedule next year. Of course, Fox um, will be starting out the season, as they always do, at Daytona. Uh, as I mentioned, the Bristol race uh, will not be on dirt this year. It will be uh, on the on the concrete like it was for years and years and years. The All-Star race, well, let me back up and say that the uh, they will start the season in a nine-points-paying race, of course, which will be at the Los Angeles Coliseum on uh, February the 4th. And that will be at 8 p.m. on Fox at the uh, for the uh, the Bush Clash. It used to be called. I don't know. Yep, the Bush Light Clash. That's still the name of it. And that will be uh, on Fox on February the 4th on a little quarter-mile track they were able to carve out of the Los Angeles Coliseum. Uh, looks like they're there to stay. I, I thought maybe that might just be a one-year deal, but I think they probably like the Hollywood exposure and Fox being a... Well, a big Hollywood presence. Uh, they're not going to move that, I don't think, for a long time. 
and I I just don't really care for that race. Well, the thing about it is, uh, it's not to me as attractive as it was when it was at Daytona, um, as it was for oh, twenty or thirty years, and only at Daytona. But you know, when you go, when you if when you're a big race fan, probably bigger than me. I mean, I am a race fan, obviously. But when you've gone all winter uh, since uh, about Thanksgiving or, or early November, actually, without any racing, uh, yeah, you know, it's a, it's an icebreaker. It gets you uh, some exposure to see uh, the new teams and new cars and new colors and everything. Of course, that changes every week with uh, these. Uh, some, they have so many sponsors. You know, usually used to be in the old days, you'd see uh, David Pearson and number 21 or number six or something and it was at the same color scheme for the whole year but that's not the case anymore with the multiple sponsors and and you know that from uh uh watching the races that people have several the, I, I don't know of any i'd have to sit here and think about it and i don't want to waste time doing that but anybody that has the same sponsor for every race of the season it's just uh, it's so expensive and I don't know anybody that could foot the bill like they like they used to when it was uh we'll say David Pierce with Pure Later All Season or Richard Petty with STP. <coughs> Excuse me. Those days are long gone. But anyway, uh and then the all star race that we talked about a little bit last week, and I'm I'm gonna this is something we talked to Mike Hill about that we he pointed out to me last year and it uh, uh, actually Makes more sense what Mike is saying that about uh, notes from 1996 being used at uh, North Wilkesboro in 2023 uh, would still be relevant. I don't, I don't know. And then, and I, when Deb was talking about it, she sort of started backing out of it and was talking about, uh, well, you know, pit strategy. Well, you know, pit strategies uh, that could. That's not what I was talking about. I was talking about the physical setup of a brand new car that didn't exist uh, 30 years ago or 28 years ago and and a track service that has aged that much it can't be the same it just i don't, I don't think the notes would would uh would hold up for any good at all honestly so uh we can talk to mike about that as well yep uh july 7th they will be back on the streets of chicago which hopefully uh won't have uh tra- uh Torrential, what I'm trying to say, torrential rain as it did this year that it didn't even get to finish the Xfinity race. Uh, they will be going back, as I said several times on July 21st, to the Brickyard at Indianapolis Motor Speedway and race on the, the oval and not the uh, road course. Which I, I never liked that road course up there much anyway, but they use it a lot. Well, it looks like they're going to get away from that. And uh, as we said, uh, Darlington will end the regular season, and Atlanta will start the playoffs. Watkins Glen is in the playoffs for the first time. And uh, I think that's uh, that will be, what's the date on that? I had it right here. If that is uh, September 15th, might be some uh, pretty fall colors up there by then. So, uh that's about it. Uh, we are going to find out in 22 seconds, Ronnie, if I messed something up a while ago. Okay, well, i am got my fingers crossed already. Well, I wonder if uh, 
<laughs> we need to get Tyler on standby. But uh, anyway, now it's down to 10, 9. You're listening to Start Your Engines. Hopefully, we'll be back and talk to Mitch Stapleton. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Nothing. Okay, you better get... Uh, let me see. Texas facing 12th-ranked Oklahoma at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, also kicking off one hour from now, 4th-ranked Ohio State hosting 5-0 Maryland. The Major League Baseball Division Series begin today. First up, also one hour from now, the Baltimore Orioles hosting the Texas Rangers. Both teams released their Division Series rosters a short time ago. Orioles left-hander John Means is not on their Division Series roster because of elbow soreness, but is expected to be available if Baltimore advances to the League Championship Series. Rangers pitcher Max Scherzer was left off their Division Series roster because of a strained shoulder. And of the NFL, the Buffalo Bills today added defensive end Shaq Lawson to their injury report, listing him as questionable for Sunday's game against Jacksonville in London because of a toe injury. I'm Isaac Lowenkron. Are you ready to witness greatness? Football fans, welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. A few years back when we were ready to reopen the station, the water pipes burst, putting thousands of dollars of equipment in danger. That was one stressful evening, but one phone call to Thomas McGuire and PuroClean, the paramedics of property damage, and our stress disappeared. PuroClean rolled in, took charge, and rescued the station from severe water damage. Since then, I've used PuroClean at my house. You should do the same. Whether you're faced with fire and smoke damage, a flooding basement, or need carpet or upholstery cleaning, do what I do. And that's called 285-3530 for PuroClean. At Janney, your goals are our priority. When you work with Janney, it's about going beyond investing. It's about connecting your life and finances. When it comes to managing your wealth, you probably have plenty of questions and more than a little uncertainty. What you need is a plan built to connect your goals to your wealth. Financial advisor Trent Lancaster is here for you. Trent can build a tailored financial plan and make recommendations that are aligned with your best interests based on your unique needs, goals, and preferences. Conveniently located in the Spartanburg office, Trent can discuss how he can help you connect your life and finances. Contact him by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member of FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. The attorneys at Carolina Law Group are your local injury attorneys. They will always fight for you and aren't scared of the big insurance companies. The best part about Carolina Law Group is that they are local, located here in Spartanburg. And when you call Carolina Law Group, you will always speak with an attorney like Nahar Patel, who was recently voted as best injury attorney in the upstate, or attorneys Matthew Whitehead and Mitchell Bird, who were finalists for best trial attorney. The Carolina Law Group is aggressive and loyal and will fight for you. Call today, 864-757-5555, or visit thecarolinalawgroup.com. It's 2023, and the Mark Hodge era at Spartanburg is running strong as the Vikings are once again a contender for the region and state title. This season, we'll hear a lot of new names on offense as the Vikings are led by junior quarterback T.J. Johnson. You'll recognize familiar names on defense, though, as senior safety Charles Woodruff and junior linebacker Cam Smith, who had over 125 tackles last season, are back once again. Catch Spartanburg Viking football presented by Chris Foster Heating and Air on Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3 FM, SpartanburgSportsRadio.com, and the Fox Sports Spartanburg app. Gentlemen, start your engines. 
live from our studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Fox Sports Spartanburg presents Start Your Engines. Here is your race team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black, author and veteran motorsports journalist Deb Williams, local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill, former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore, and here is your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author Perry Allen Wood. And welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines, and it gives me a great pleasure to welcome a newcomer to the show that we've never had on before, thanks to Greg Moore turning us on to a, a friend of his, and this is Mitchell Stapleton. Good morning, Mitchell. Hey, how's it going? Doing great. Uh, you got to we commented earlier that you have a good radio voice, <laughs> which mine's given out, but yours sounds great. Oh, that's good. I've never been told that before. Well, <laughs> uh, radio, but not the voice. The uh, well, I've got a face for radio. Anyway, um, Mitchell, I, I called my in, to introduce myself to you before the show, and I asked you if you were a, a, a videographer or a historian or exactly how, how do you bill yourself. I mean, you're all over YouTube. Um, uh, do you have your own YouTube channel? Is that the way it works? Yep, that's, uh, that's the main deal now. That's how we survive and mostly by making videos about racing history which i guess technically that would make me a videographer but i don't consider myself a very good one because uh i don't have a lot of proficient editing skills you know i'm not really flying a drone around and playing music and all that and we we put the effort into the subject matter and not the production because i don't really think the uh you know it's not like a Michael Bay movie. We're just we're trying to educate and preserve history here, first and foremost. Well, you know, we we here at Start Your Engines, and by the way, we're not. I, I don't know if Greg explained it to you or not. We're not just in Spartanburg. We're all over the world uh, on the internet, and we get calls and, and people listening to us. And uh, my son was uh, used to listen to us in Okinawa when he was in the Marines. So uh, it's, we're worldwide. So. Um, uh, but you know, I, well, I'd say that qualifies you as a historian. You said you were, uh, when I asked you that earlier, that you said you were a fabricator, and uh, you've built a lot of race cars. Is that what really got you started? Yeah, I don't know if I built a lot of them, but I did, um, like, turbo fab stuff, like uh, twin turbo kits or making headers and things with tubes. As I like that. I like exhaust stuff, big exhaust sound nerd. Um like, my Escalade is what started the YouTube channel before we started doing at the 2013 Escalade ESV, like the Suburban one. And uh, I put a dark block 427 in it with twin 76-millimeter turbos, and it makes over 2,000 horsepower. All the interior and everything in it is still still works. Like, you can listen to your music, have heated seats, air conditioning, all that. And it runs uh, low nines and a quarter mile at over 150 miles an hour. And that, that's the kind of stuff I built before um, well, being known as history guy. Well, Mitchell, your your YouTube cha- YouTube channel is Mitchell uh, Stapleton forty two. What's the significance of that? The the forty two. Yes. The well, I made my YouTube name the same as my Instagram because I had an Instagram following from the Escalade before YouTube started, and I thought it was important to have all of my platform names the same 
to so it could be you know easy to find. And the 42 originates as my hockey number in high school, and it came up as my hockey number kind of full circle. I went to the um, place to pick my number because I, I was 85 before and 71 after that, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna change it again. I think I want to be. 47 or 42 and they had both numbers available at we were at the Jersey place and they said which one do you want it never happened to me before because usually you don't get your choice and my dad said pick 42 because it's Jeff Gordon backwards <laughs> so I was like alright 42 and that's kind of funny how uh, it all kind of wraps around like that because this particular incident happened in 2012 okay. and by then racing I grew up a NASCAR fan, like hardcore, going to race with my dad and stuff. And then I think like a lot of people, whenever the car tomorrow came around, it was just different and we sort of fell out of interest with it. So by 2012, I wasn't thinking about Jeff Gordon at all and never thought that uh, I'd be doing what we're doing right now. <laughs> I, it's really cool. I'm glad I am, but I kind of distance myself from racing because it was almost too painful to be around it not necessarily because I didn't like it but because I knew I couldn't do anything about it I didn't think I could be a part of this world so I just wanted to block it out uh, I have to go to rabbit trail there but that's, that's where that happened that's what I was doing okay, well, 10 major, years ago was playing hockey give us a little bit of your background uh, where you're originally from and any any other any interesting facts you want to impart to us on that? Um, I'm from, I guess, to be general, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I grew up in a small town about 25 miles north there in Butler County. So we had access to, you know, to all the major market city stuff like the Steelers and the Penguins and all that. But where I live was kind of out in the where you would have fields and cow pastures and a lot of the kids I went to school with were a farming families so I don't I don't really know with their if you heard of Lernerville the Dale Jr. and Kyle Larson just went there a couple weeks ago you could hear Lernerville from where I went to high school but I had never actually been there um, there weren't any really NASCAR fans but I grew up around I was just exposed to it from my dad who uh, funny enough was introduced to NASCAR through his work, sort of. He sold uh, like vacuum coating equipment, like helium leak detectors and that kind of thing. And DuPont was one of his customers. And he ended up going to the, I think it's the July 94 Daytona race and had access to the DuPont hospitality tent because of that. And he was like, wow, this is really cool. I, I never thought that NASCAR could be this interesting because he grew up around Pittsburgh, too, and there's no NASCAR presence in that area whatsoever other than Chip Ganassi. I was going to say, I was waiting to hear something about Chip Ganassi because that was, uh, he's, um, of course, huge in, across several different disciplines of, of auto racing, and not so much in NASCAR anymore, but, um, yeah, Chip Ganassi in Pittsburgh, uh, I think of them at the same time. And you know that's weird because my entire life there, the whole period of time from age zero to probably 15 or 14, I, I didn't know Chip was, you know, a Pittsburgh guy. It wasn't really known back then. Maybe it was to the rest of 
the world, but it wasn't like I didn't go to the race and be like, oh, yeah, Chip Ganassi, he's a hometown guy. To me, when I would look at the entry sheet when I was a little kid, at, you know, going to ARCA race, I'd see Norm Benning being mm. from Pittsburgh. And I, I thought Norm Benning was the only guy in the world from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania that was involved in NASCAR. I, I probably would have been a – it would make more sense if I had grown up a Chip Ganassi fan and explained where that's where the 42 came from, but that had nothing to do with it. Yeah. I was wondering about that too, and I'm a I'm a huge Indianapolis car open wheel fan. I, I used to go to the 500 quite a few times, and uh, and I remember when Chip Ganassi was in it as a driver. I don't think he could hardly squeeze into the cockpit now, but um, there's such a rich history in Pennsylvania. I, I I don't. I'm trying to look at my geography here in my brain, uh, and I know that uh, Reading had a, a very famous dirt track at the fairgrounds there at a very Heidelberg uh, Heidelberg um, uh, I know Lee yeah. Petty won a race there one time and of course the probably the most famous at all and I'm uh, other than Pocono which is obviously still going on is uh, Langhorn which was a tremendous track uh, there in the suburbs of Philadelphia so there is a whole lot of there's a whole lot of Pittsburgh in auto ra- I mean a whole lot of Pennsylvania in auto racing and well, that's one thing we do a lot of on this show. We we hit the local, uh, I mean the the contemporary results and things like that, and what's going on every week. But I just I love the history, and we talk about history as much as possible. And I, I'm I'm really tickled to have you on the show. That uh, you feel the same way, and and your historic uh, a lot of the videos you're putting out there, you're interviewing people that. You know, uh, I mean, I couldn't have told you what happened to Lake Speed, and I watched your Lake Speed interview last night, and it was it was excellent. I think you do a great job. Thank you. I think uh, I don't know. People have told me that you know, oh, you must be an old soul and all that stuff, and I I don't really know where that originates or what it is, but I I don't know. I I do believe it's possible because even when I was a little kid, being seven, eight years old, going to the Michigan race with my dad, you know how they had like what they call the gypsy tents across the street where they would sell like the older merchandise and have like the RC car tracks and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Even back then, I was looking for the older cars. Like I, I mean, in 2003, I was seeking out die casts of Lumina and stuff, and I don't, there's no reason for me to be interested in that when I was seven years old. You would think that the, the kid would go straight to the newest, shiniest thing, but that wasn't me. I was I always wanted to know where things came from, how they got there, what came to be that way, and it, it was fascinating to me that these drivers, you know, when they're doing the pre-race introductions and stuff, and they're in the fire suits in the back of the pickup truck, when you're a little kid, to a certain subset of, of people, those were like our superheroes. Like you might as well be watching Superman and Batman in the back of a pickup truck going around there, and, and, you know, instead of having comic books or whatever. That's like what it was to me. It was the equivalent of a stature. Yeah. And now that I'm older, a, a handful of years ago, I started to kind of rediscover all this stuff, and I'm like, oh, whatever happened to this guy? Whatever happened to that guy? starting to find it and to go, where was that race shop at? It started scrolling around on Google Earth and it just kind of pulled me back in. And now, living in the Mooresville area, it's kind of like 
be in, in Gotham City or something, and <laughs> Batman and Superman and all those guys are just sort of walking around as normal people. And, I mean, for lack of a better term, it's like they were forgotten about to some extent. Well, we're, we're but talking. It me something to me. We're we're talking with Mitch Stapleton, who I'm going to call you a historian because it sounds like to me oh, that's what you ought to be. If you're not uh, uh, titled that, but uh, so you're in Mooresville, you're not in Pittsburgh now. No. Well, uh, how much do you know about Spartanburg? I mean, I know you know Greg, and I was going to get to that in a minute. How you got to know Greg? But uh, we have got so much history in Spartanburg. Uh, we we really should have a museum. I've harped on it so many times. But um, we have a lot of race shops that are still standing. In fact, Bud Moore has two that are still standing. But with Cotton Owens and Mario Rossi, uh, Jack Smith, uh, Rex White, Lewis Clements, you know, David Pearson, you know, there's so many, many race shops here. And I, I, I hesitate to name them because I'll leave one out. There's so many. But if you want to bring your camera down here someday, I'll take you on a tour of Spartanburg that uh, I think you could easily make a show out of because we've got we've got a very rich history. And uh uh, man, that'd be terrific. Uh, I, trying to throw you some business here. I don't know if you're interested. I'd or love not. to do that. That's actually been on my. Uh, I got like a you know like a whiteboard of things that pop up into my head. And, um, a Spartanburg history tour is one of them. So well, it is. I sure. would relish the opportunity to do that. We could have you in the studio for another segment, and uh, uh, I mean, I know where everything is. I, I, Graves and shops and yeah, he he literally knows where the bodies are buried. <laughs> I do, and so uh, I mean I think that'd be that that would be great. Keep keep me in mind. In fact, uh, we don't do this show from uh, we do a wrap up show like after the week after the last cup race, and then we don't start it again until the week before Daytona. So uh, or actually day before Daytona, right. Saturday. So uh, and I take two weeks off during the winter uh, around Christmas to New Year's. Uh, two weeks there and man I, you know the, the best time to find things because i wrote a book once on old speedways that was my first book and um they're a whole lot easier to find in the winter time when there's not oh, yeah. a lot of critters and kud- kudzu and vines and things and uh I, you know maybe we stay in touch because i'd love to i'd love it would be an honor to have you do spartanburg and and i'm so into the history of the sport uh all phases of it not too much drag racing, but a little bit. We got a deserted drag strip here too, but I think that would be great. Uh, I, I know it would be uh, something that I would enjoy just showing you around and uh, and having you document it for before some of this stuff is gone. I mean, I ride yeah. around looking at these old shops all the time, praying that there's not a, a bojangles going where a Budmore shop used to be or something. Yeah, no, we'll definitely do that. And I'm not just saying that because there's people listening to us right now. I'm actually, we will do that 100%. It'll happen. That, that, that needs sounds, to happen. That sounds great. Uh, well, listen, I've been going through some of your videos on YouTube. Again, that's Stapleton42 is his channel. And one of them that I found most interesting was a guy that had built a hydrogen-powered pickup truck, like maybe an old 40s, mid-40s uh, Ford pickup. And it was actually powered by hydrogen. And tell us a little bit about that, if you can. Well, the guy who built it, um, Mike Copeland, has a, a weird NASCAR history tie-in. The the business that that build is advertised under is Arrington Performance. And Mike is who bought 
Arrington from Joey Arrington when he sold all of his stuff for the like the streetcar Hemi deal a handful of years ago. Mike is the one who bought it, and he's the guy who built that hydrogen truck. Joey being the son of Buddy Arrington, who was uh, campaigned on the Grand National and Winston Cup circuit for years. Yeah. So we, um, it's not just racing. I'm, I'm a fan of anything automotive. We've done things in factories like the Edelbrock factory, foundry, and how they make stuff. It's just, it's just cool. And I, I don't like the threat of people who don't understand how people like us live trying to infringe on our ability to do it. And if there's anything I can do to educate people or find alternatives that work for everybody or whatever that is, I'm for it. So to make a video about Mike's truck that runs on hydrogen seemed like a great idea to me. And honestly, I didn't know if anybody would watch it or if the algorithm would suppress that video because that happens sometimes, you know, when it goes against the agenda or whatever, you know how that is. Yeah. But it just exploded, no pun intended, <laughs> and <laughs> the some of the comments on that is just like, oh boy, where did these people come from? But <laughs> it, it was very interesting, and I hope it opened a lot of eyes to that type of technology because it's really exciting. Uh, the, the biggest surprise to me was that it sounded like a muscle car. Yeah. I don't care what my car runs on. If it <laughs> runs on hydrogen, gasoline, perfume, whatever you put in there, if it does, if it makes sounds, I can turn the key and turn it on. It's got pistons and valves and um, an exhaust pipe. I'm, I'm happy with it. How I don't did, care what, what goes in it. How did you get to know Greg? Greg actually... I got to know Greg through Tim Walker, who we did a video with. Um, Tim's good friends with Bobby Allison, and he owns Bobby Allison's 1979 Daytona 500 car, which we did a video about, and that actually just went live on the channel 22 minutes ago. Oh, wow. So the phone call with Greg is in that video. Um, <laughs> that's how that happened. I said, you know, do you know Greg Moore? Because I really wanted to do some Bud Moore history and he's like yeah I know Greg and he just picked up the phone and called him right away I'm like wow this guy's great and he did that about four or five more times with other people too so there's going to be a lot of videos coming up that are um, facilitated by Mr. Tim Walker and this is the first one well I'm a I grew up with the Moore family and uh, I, I wrote a biography of Bud Moore we wrote it together uh I, it was out a few years before he passed away, but uh, uh, there was one uh, done earlier, and then I did one that sort of takes up where uh, the first one left off, and here I, I get a drawing a mind blank trying to think of the, the author of the first one. He's um, very famous. He does a lot of car books, like a big Mustang fan and, and Trans Am. But, um, yeah, I, I mean... Uh, I won't belabor the point, but there is a whole lot to see in Spartanburg. You uh, now, do your do your YouTube uh, videos? Do they do you run like an hour, or do some run twenty minutes, and some are an hour and a half? I mean, how do you how do you uh, it, it, does it depend on how much material you have? How do you uh, determine how long they are? They will be as long as they need to be 
to display all of the valuable information gathered during the filming, where if a video was 30 minutes, then it's 30 minutes of basically dense information. I won't pump up uh, the length of a video with what I would deem as anything that could like be a waste of somebody's time. I don't, there's too many people on the internet who are just doing stuff to try to get people to watch it that don't actually do anything for the person who's watching it. And I don't ever want that to be my fault. Like yeah. if somebody watches a video that I made when it's over, every time they should be able to say, I walk away from this video with knowledge or perspective that I did not have before. And it being entertained at the same time. There's people who enter entertain stuff and that's fine. But some of that entertainment is like, you know, you're gonna when it's over, you're like, What did I do for the last three hours? What did I get for that? Or something. And I always wanna leave people with more than they bargained for when they clicked on the video. That's my kind of like one of the pillars of my operating code of conduct is not to be a waste of time. Well, if you do one on Spartanburg, you're gonna have to have an intermission <laughs> because there's a well, lot good. there's a lot to cover here. Mitchell, yeah, we're gonna have to let you go, but I mean this is uh Greg gets this great guest and I don't know how long he's been uh, holding back on you, but I am so glad that he uh he turned us on to you and, and, and I just I can't wait to uh get with you another time to, to maybe do a, a video about Spartanburg or, or whatever. You're just I'm a historian. That's what I consider myself. I'm a guy that does a radio show, but I love the history, and um, I write about it, and I talk about it, and uh, you're, we're on exactly the same, wave, same wavelength, you and I are. Thank you. That's, that's great, and I'm looking forward to doing that and just checking out the Spartanburg area in general. It's like a, a pretty neat place, and I'd like to learn more about it, even aside from the racing side of it. Well, we had the first airport in the state of South Carolina, and it's got a lot of history, and the first radio station in the state of South Carolina. And, um, it, it goes on and on, the first dual-lane highway. I mean, I don't know where the, the first college football game was played in Spartanburg, so I don't, you know. I don't, we should have historical markers all over town, a lot more than we already have. But, Mitchell, we're going to have to let you go. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and for Greg uh, getting you. I'm sorry he couldn't be here today. Uh he could have uh, added a lot to this. But anyway, um, thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait to – it's like I have found a, a mine, and now i got to go in there and look for the gold. And I'm talking about Stapleton 22, uh, 42 and, uh, and all the things you've got on there that I have no idea about yet. Absolutely. And if anybody wants to find it, you just open YouTube or you can you just Google search Stapleton 42. And it should come up the profile pictures of a, a blue Escalade, and as far as I know, there's nobody else with my same name and picture. So it's pretty easy to find. Yep, Mitchell, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, I can't wait to talk to you uh, further down the road. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it too. All right, thank you so much. That's Mitchell Stapleton. Who? That was great. I mean, Greg. Oh, he's really a good guy. Sounds like Greg's holding out on us with some of this stuff. And I think. Look, like right here, I'm looking on my phone. And his video about Rockingham Speedway Speedway has four hundred and fifty thousand views. Well there you go. We could uh we could cover that, no doubt. Spartanburg has got such a rich history. So anyway, let's take a break. We ran over it a little bit with him, but that's fine. We're gonna come back and talk to Mike Hill. 
You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like R.J. Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Spring is here, and so are the savings at Greer Nissan. Deals are in full bloom this month on all your favorite Nissan models, like a new 2023 Sentra or Frontier. Your choice, lease for only $199 a month, or hit the road in a new Nissan Rogue, lease for only $299 a month. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard, or shop online 24-7 at GreerNissan.com. Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting spartan-waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community where they work and live clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and we'll have it fill within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. The Braves are National League East champs, locking up their sixth straight division crown. Ready with a 2-2. Here it comes. Got him swinging strike three. And the Braves are National League East champions for the sixth year in a row. For the sixth straight season, the Braves are kings of the East. We'll bring you every pitch of the postseason as Atlanta makes a run at the Fall Classic. All live on the Atlanta Braves Radio Network. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave, across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. And welcome back to Start Your Engines, and my pleasure to welcome back to the show one of our practically a regular, Mike Hill. Good morning, Mike. How's things in Sparkle City this morning? Sparkle City is sparkling. I tell you what, it's kind of cool out there, and uh, the leaves are turning. It was nice and sunny when I came in the studio, and uh, 
already said on the air, you probably heard me, that I uh, got my first load of firewood. So there will be a fire at the Wood household uh, probably starting tonight. I told Ronnie, I don't care if it's 75 degrees. I'm ready for a fire. Well, they're saying 30s up here. Yeah, well, there's supposed to be 40, 41 or 42, I think, tomorrow night. Tonight into the 50s. And that was always my... Um, but that was always my rule. If it got into the anything below fifty-five, as far as I'm concerned, it's a it's fire weather. So I, I got my first load and I'm ready to go. But you sent me a picture that uh, a little while ago by text that, uh, and that was when we were talking about the windshield. And uh, maybe you can shed some more light on um, why that would be an advantage or, or exactly what uh, what was the deal. I I don't imagine. The windshields are fastened uh, to the car like they used to be. When I, I know they're not from when I was around uh, a lot closer to it in the 80s and before that. So uh, tell us about the windshield and, and how that, what Harvick did would affect the car. So the windshields now are made out of Lexan. You know, they're flexible and they don't break. Like we, when we used to have the old glass windshields, they laid down in a bed. And, and basically they didn't. You couldn't pull one edge up. Well, we found out in the wind tunnel with the Lexan windshield that if you could just get it to bow in the middle from the air, when the when the air, 200-mile-an-hour wind gets on it, or whatever, 150, whatever, and get it to push in the middle, it would bow it in the center and pull the edge up where they left their nut, their bolts loose, it, you know, on purpose. They did this. I know. I mean... There you go. Those guys, heck, I worked with them. So I know. This is, this is, this is, these guys that over there were running Harvick now are the same guys I worked with in the past. But we found out in the tunnel that if we could just get that edge to come up just a little bit, that sharp edge on that windshield, it would disrupt the air going over the top of the car and keep it off of the spoiler. Well, that spoiler's nothing but a big parachute hanging back there, you know, with and so NASCAR got, boy, they, they got to where they started hanging weights on our spoilers to keep us from doing things, crazy things to those to get them to bow down. If you could just lay that blade down, we call them blades, they're spoilers. If you could just lay that blade down just a little bit, you wouldn't believe how much faster you could go. Well, I remember when, uh, well, back they, when I was around, you know, they, they talked, that's exactly what they'd say. They, they, they laid a spoiler down to, I don't know, almost yeah. zero angle and, uh, made a big difference. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It, it, it did. I mean, it, it's a drag. Basically, it's drag. That's why we went to the tunnel. I sent you that, that photo of us. We were in Lockheed. Oh, is that what it was? There where they can yeah, that's Lockheed. That's, they call that the low-speed tunnel. But well, I see. It's a 200-mile-an-hour wind. You know, Lockheed does all the aircraft stuff, and so they're probably blowing it, I don't know, thousands of miles an hour or whatever they do down there with airplanes but when we went to Ford we could get into Lockheed down there in, in, in Georgia so but anyway getting back to the windshield deal yes sir if you could disrupt that air going over the top of the car it'll send it over the blade and so you don't have that air hitting the rear blade or rear spoiler and so it's basically the same thing as laying it down so I knew I knew when I heard that they had Oh my God! They 
found screws loose in the windshield. I knew exactly what they were doing. <laughs> and so did they. Now, is this well, I a, stand corrected. No, well, yeah, yeah. This, this is an old trick. This goes back a ways. And so, but they've got old people down there working that knows this trick. Now, uh, I know, I know Scott Robinette that works down there on that four car was working for Harry Gant whenever we was doing this in the cut garage back in the eighties and nineties. And whenever the advent of Lexan, when they finally let us, we wouldn't believe how much we had to beg to get them to run Lexan windshields because we was constantly having to replace the glass windshields during the race. I remember would come over the radio and something come through my windshield, you know, and he'd go by and we could see it. It's the windshield caving in on him. I remember we'd have to come down pit road and swap out and put another glass windshield in. And I did that, I don't know how many times, four or five times in my career before they let us start running Lexan. I remember one time an uh, in-car camera, Bill Elliott, and it was in Atlanta, and I think it was Atlanta, but I'll never forget it. He had, I don't know if it was a wheel, a, a lug nut or something, it came through the windshield uh, like a bullet. I mean, and it left a hole in that yeah. windshield. And if it had been over to, uh, well, looking out the front yeah. windshield, had been over to the left a little bit, it would have killed Bill Elliott. I mean, it, it just, boom, yeah. it just a, just like somebody shot it with a pistol. Yes, sir. Yep. You know, and I wrote and that. That's what's, what's so great about the Lexan. You know, they were already had Lexan windshields and fighter jets and all this. And NASCAR, I reckon, they was trying their best to keep everything stock back in the day they wanted to just run a stock windshield and they finally gave in and said it's a safety measure to let us run the Lexan so we did I can't but help you could, you could manipulate you could manipulate the Lexan where you could not manipulate the glass yeah. so you could basically direct the airflow where you wanted it so, I, I've got yeah, to mention we, when we, I wrote that Neil Castle's book that uh, in the 1966 World 600 he ran 5th in Buck Baker's Oldsmobile and he didn't have a windshield it cracked and they they kicked it in and, and, and threw it away, and uh, Daryl Danger came over there and wrapped a uh, holiday in towel around Neil's uh, face, and he went back out there and ran to Dadgum rest of the race and finished fifth, like maybe a 400-lap race. He said he ran over 100 laps with no windshield at all, and he, his entire body was sandblasted by the... They wouldn't a bit more let you do that now in NASCAR than the man in the moon, of course. But uh, that's, it's, it's a tough guy, yeah, Soap was a tough guy. Uh-huh. Soap, Soapy Castle, he was a tough guy back in the day. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, and I meant to ask you. I, I was wondering. I forgot after I passed. I went by you and and, and Soap's son up there at, at Mount Airy. I knew back in the day, he kept a hog leg pistol stuck down in those in the roll cage. You know, back when I first started, and Cecil Gordon, I was working for. He was telling me about. So, and I never did know exactly what gun it was. Somebody says, "Oh, it was a a, a Colt 45." And I said, "I don't think so. It was it was it was, might have been wasn't an automatic 45. It might have been a I don't know." But anyway, it's history. I'll, one of these days, I'll ask him what what it was. His son, I'm sure his son knew what kind of pistol his dad used to carry inside the race car. For some reason, he carried it because somebody beat him up while he was still sitting in the seat. Or hit him with a jack handle. I forgot now what the story, how the story went back, but Soap was going to make sure that nobody hit him with a jack handle anymore. I'll I'll get the story. I'll I'll be sitting there on the couch this evening, and uh, I'll just text Neil Jr. because he said 
when we interviewed him, uh, we had him on the week before, or no, the week after Mount Airy, and then I saw him again. I'm sorry you didn't make it, and we didn't stay very long at the thing at Phil Combs's, but it was it was packed as well. But uh, Neil um, said that he got he's got a letter somewhere when he went through his dad's stuff from NASCAR telling him to leave the gun at home from now on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it did. It was when I first started racing cup racing. He had it then, so I don't know when the letter would have come out. But anyway, I think Wendell yeah. Scott carried a gun for a while too, and that was for obvious reasons. I guess he he took a lot oh, of flack on the track. But there's a you talking about guys that oh my gosh, oh the promoters. Clay Earls had one in his pocket. Enix Bailey always had one. But it, it was. I'm sure they never had to worry about Bud because he had that case double X he could pull out in a half a heartbeat. <laughs> he also had Pop Ergle. <laughs> yeah, and he had Pop. Pop was a big old dude, man. Oh, God. He's one of the biggest. All, I knew about him. Yeah, I knew about him when I lived in Spartanburg. I used yeah. to sit on Pop Ergle's knee uh, when I we'd go visit Bud Moore's garage, and I, that was one huge guy, I'm telling you. And the famous story about him was uh, the riot at Asheville Weaverville where the, they stopped the race yeah. because the track broke up and uh, the drunks uh, took pickup trucks and blocked the exit so you couldn't get out of there. And they were, it was it was turning into a really nasty scene. The cops weren't doing anything. And uh, Pop took a two-by-four, and, and I've got a picture of yep. it. Lance Smith, Jack Smith's son, gave me a picture of it to use in, in my Bud Moore book, and he just... He went in there swinging that thing like it looked like a toothpick in his hand, and it was a big old two by four. Yep. Pop was ready to go home. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> and I think Cotton Owens had a guy named uh, Oh shoot, I can't think of it, but he had a he had like a he called it a pig sticker. It was I think of it about like an ice pick, and uh, God, what was that guy's name? I can't think of. But anyway, he was sticking them in the, the posterior with that to get out. So. Uh, yeah, racing was a little bit different, and this guy we just had on, uh, Mitchell Stapleton, I'd love to, I, I, I want to see his videos, because I didn't know anything about him till Greg told me about him two weeks ago, and now we've had him on the show, and I was serious when this, uh, when whatever he's got out there on the internet, it's, it's like finding a mine, and now i got to go in there and, and pick out the nuggets and, and see what he's got, because... Uh, um, yeah, I never, I didn't know what happened to Lake Speed, and I watched the video on Lake Speed last night. He's seventy-five years old, and I'm seventy-one. But he didn't look he didn't look any older than about fifty-five. And I think he's uh, got a couple of his cars uh, um, that he's restored. So, yeah, uh, history's what we're all about here, and Mike and I love uh, I love having you on the show because you know so much about it. But let's get let's get up to date here real quickly. How's it looking for uh, the Wheeling team? I keep getting some Facebook uh, uh, alerts for the coming up race uh, next weekend at Road Atlanta, the Motul Petite Indy. You guys, and I, I still consider you on the team, but you guys uh, um, leading the points. And I, I said it many times when y'all won that championship a few years ago. That was the best race of the year, and I'm looking for something like that next Sunday, next Saturday. And it came all the way down to the last lap. The last, the last turn. Basically, the last, <laughs> last, last, last turn of the last lap of yep. the race. Yeah. And, but, I, you know, we, the guys sent me a text message and let me know that everything was good and they're loading, they were loading up to get ready to go because, you know, it's a, 
it's a week long deal that basically down there getting set up and, and getting ready and getting through all the inspections and stuff. It's looking good as long as they don't step on their toes the way that they've been doing to start a lot of these uh, endurance races. You know, the first lap crash or the morning warm-up crash or all these crashes that they have before the race over starts. And I'm sure now that the pressure is coming down that the powers that be will make sure that does not happen again. So, yeah. I'll but going back, I heard you talking about this deal with <laughs> with Ray Everham thinking his oh, they're trying to it, it, that that made me just shake my head. Ray Ray brought his setup book to North Wilkesboro. Do you you know how many times the settings have changed from back then to now? Plus, the car's not even the same. It's just, this is a rear independent suspension car that's it's nowhere near what it was. Well, it's going back to then. Back, I, back to then, before this car, it had changed so much that one day I asked somebody, I said, what in the world are y'all doing with these great old big front bars in these cars? Now, this was after I went into the IMSA deal. And then I saw when I went into a parks house down there, and I think Ryan Priest was standing there in the parks house. But, they, but anyway, um, they had like a big, big, big front play bar. The biggest front sway bar we ever had back in the day was an inch and a quarter, Barry. An inch and a quarter diameter. You know, the front sway yeah. bar that goes from one end to the other end. The guy told me, he said, Mike, they're putting three and four inch front sway bars on these cars. And what you knew for front springs is now the rear springs, and the rear springs is now the front springs. I said, the what? He said, yeah. You was probably running a 9 and a 12 and a 175 and a 200 or 225 at North Wilkesboro. I said, yeah. He said, you know what they're doing now? He said, they're running the, the, the rear left rear. They're putting it in the left front. They're putting the right rear in the right front. And they're putting the front spring in the rear. I said, how in the heck are they making it work, you know? And he said, they're just binding it down like a go-kart. So whatever Ray brought up there that ever made, everybody made a big to do over that Ray brought him a great suspension setup. Believe me, not one piece of that works because you know, this is my backyard. This is one of those racetracks where if you did not win that on Sunday, then you was back there on Monday trying to figure out why you didn't win on Sunday. And you're talking about Junior Johnson. Yeah, Junior Johnson being a it's literally right up, literally right up the road, the same road. Uh, yeah, yeah, when they run the modifieds this past weekend. I could lay, I could sit here on my back porch and listen to them. Oh wow! Well, how yeah. far, I mean, wow, that's a lot closer than I thought. Um, uh, something about the way the, the wind, about the way the Engle Hollow echoes the racing. But yeah, well, so I was, Junior, would, when somebody come in, if we didn't run good on Sunday at North Wilkesboro. Junior would be back at the shop, and the guys told me about this because I was back at the racetrack on Monday. And they would come in. They asked Junior, "says What happened to your race car yesterday?" He step out. He said, "Step outside out here." He said, "You hear that?" He said, "They're figuring it out." <laughs> <laughs> we would be up there with ten sets of brand new tires on Monday, going around and around and around, trying to go fast. But anyway, yeah. Well, I just, you know, I wasn't on my toes. I mean, I, I, I'm glad you pointed that out to me. When she said that, you know, sometimes I'm 
I'm trying to think of my next question, which is a big curse of interviewers. Uh, instead of listening to the answer that you're getting, you're trying to anticipate the next one. And um, when she said that, when Deb said that that day, uh, I didn't pay much attention to it. And then I got to thinking about it, especially after you brought, I think you immediately, probably while she was still talking about it, you sent me a text saying that's a bunch of baloney, that the, nothing would be yeah. the same. And, uh, and, and, and you know, and I, so I, you heard it. I told, brought it back up to her a couple of weeks ago, and she, uh, she started backing up talking about race strategy instead of the car. She said, well, I'm not talking about the car itself. I'm talking about race strategy. And she was talking about the car itself. And, and, um, she was talking about And you pointed it out she, to she me, and I love Deb, but, you know, she, uh, she, she swallowed she, had he to, swallowed it hook, line, and sinker, just the way Ray wanted everybody to swallow it. You know, Ray's <laughs> a great savior. Yeah. Well, so anyway, um, but getting back to uh, the road Atlanta, I guess um, you said they're already going down there because it's a, a week-long thing. You, you don't have a backup car, do you? Or do, do any of these guys have backup cars? Because I know, I know when you wrecked the one at uh, um, wherever it was earlier this year, Seems like it might have been up in Canada, but anyway, you've got the thing fixed in time to run it in the race. But you don't have a backup, do you? Yeah, we do now. Remember, we had to go to we we didn't have to, but we went and ran the twenty four hours of Le Mans. Right. The car that car made it back now, so that was a totally different car. Oh, okay. But we do have a we do have a backup now that we. That we well Cadillac does, you know. I told you this is all a GM effort. That, did you see where GM is going to go Formula One racing? Well, uh, that's with Andretti, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. With Michael Andretti. I, I think it's great. You I know mean, how many? You know how in the world are they doing this? I mean, how in the world is all the money coming from? Well, I mean, because I, I just saw that. I just saw the government going to give GM another. Forty billion dollars or whatever. What in the world? I, I don't know, but I know I'm gonna start, start me a race. I'm gonna start me a race team up and see if I can get the government to sponsor me. The uh, um, the the other teams at Formula One weren't so wild about it. I mean, they they figure from what I read and understood with the politics and there's a lot of it, international politics at that that they've only they only start 22 cars. And they like starting 22 cars, and you, I don't think you can run four Ferraris anymore like you used to. It may be only two to a team, and they've only got 11 teams is the way I understood it. And um, so this is like having to, to add a new team. It's like uh, a new baseball team or something. It's like a, a franchise, I guess, uh, a league. And in um, Formula One, you know, they've – been around since 1950, and they evolved like everybody else. But I think it took quite a bit of doing to get uh, to get Andretti uh, permission from everybody involved to let them come over and and run. And I, and I mean, I think it's great. I've, we've been needing an American team for a long, long time. I, I mean, we've got one now, but not with uh, American cars. Uh, Haas uh, runs um, Ferraris, independent Ferraris, yeah. and. Uh, you know I, that's not the same. They're supposed to be coming out with their own car. I've been hearing that for years, but uh, I think a Cadillac Formula One car—that's—I don't know who's going to drive it, but that sounds fantastic. Let me ask you one more question before I have to let you go. Did they get a third driver for uh, the Wayland team for Road Atlanta, or are they going to go with two drivers? Jack Aiken. 
Okay. All right. Well, that, and that's who I figured it would be. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But why would they? Why would the rest of the Formula One team all complain about one more team coming in when they can't beat my the, the car the, the the guy that's winning all the races? I would be complaining more about not being able to win than I would be one more team that's coming in that's probably not going to be a contender for. Years. Yeah, that's Red you know, Bull that, that won almost every yeah. race this year. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's just slicing up the pie where everybody gets a smaller slice. I, I really don't know. It's just it's like a country club. You know, we don't want him in our country club. Why? Because, well, because he's, he's not already in the country club. It's just outsiders coming in. I don't know how you could uh, really stop General Motors if they put their mind to something. They'll, they'll figure out a way to get in there, but it's... Uh, I'm glad. I can't wait. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for racing. It's just that I just hope it's not costing me more tax money. Yeah. Hey, look. Um, we anyway, we can get you next week. I mean, the race will already be started when we're on the air. Or would you rather wait till the week after, or both? <laughs> you can get me anytime, Perry. I'm retired now. <laughs> I know, but in, in, in the time, see the time I spend with you. Really is a is a relax relaxation period away from what I have to do for my wife. You know, the honeydew list. I'm farming. And I'm, yeah, yeah. You know, I feed the chickens and I to make sure that I do this and I make sure that. Well, you probably heard my rooster crow, and he comes up here on the back porch and lets me know that he wants more food. Go Gamecocks! I, yeah. I will. Um, then I. <laughs> that's what he is. I know. That's, that's what it sounded like. But anyway, we'll. Um, We'll plan on, I'll, I'll talk to you about it or text you, but plan on about 11.20 next week. Whoever our legend is, we'll follow him up with you, and maybe maybe you can give us an update on the first hour or so of the race. We'll do that, and hopefully we won't, it won't be like these other races that we have started up from, from the back. Well, you're leading the I points. I know there's going to be a ton of pressure. I can only imagine the pressure on, the, on, on my guys down there. Because it won't be like what was it, 2015, when we went down there and we pulled in, and and I remember the gate guard walking up to me and asking me, "Man, says, what y'all got to do to win this championship?" I said, "Just make sure the starter works." <laughs> That's right. All right, Mike. If, it, if it if it crank if it cranks up, we're gonna win. I got to let one more quick question, yeah. then I have to let you go. Um, you get, you do get points for the pole position, right? Yeah, you've asked me a question. I, I I, think well, I think it. I think the last time you won the championship, you got yeah, the points yeah, you really yeah, needed. Yeah, they do, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. They started that. They had they had started giving points now. Yes, for qualifying. That was that was to get everybody. When you're you know back in those days, we didn't have like six cars. I don't know how many we got now. Eight. And then I saw I saw where there was uh, was it Alpha Romero, Alpha Romero is coming into IMSA next year. So. Mm. There's going to be probably two more cars coming too. All right, I got to let you go. I won't have time to get these last commercials in. Mike, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Hold that thought. Yes, sir. All right, bye. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, that's Mike Hill. Love to have Mike on the show. We got a hustle here. We not yeah, gonna make go it. So uh, we'll be right back. Last break. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Spring is here, and so are the savings at Greer Nissan. Deals are in full bloom this month on all your favorite Nissan models, like a new 2023 Sentra or Frontier. Your choice, lease for only $199 a month, or hit the road in a new Nissan Rogue. 
Lease for only $2.99 a month. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or shop online 24-7 at GreerNissan.com. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Providing for and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you're not there to do so. Many people are under the impression that establishing a will is the first and last step to estate planning. That's why developing a formal estate plan can be one of the most important things you'll ever do for them. A comprehensive estate plan can help you preserve and protect your wealth, control who receives your assets, and ensure that your wishes are carried out. Working with our estate planning experts, financial advisor Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott can help you prepare an estate plan. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jenny Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. The Country Meat Center in Woodruff is well known for our great cuts of beef, pork, and chicken. But we're so much more than just a great butcher shop. We also offer locally grown produce, delicious cakes and pies, a fully stocked deli with boar's head meats and cheeses, seafood brought in fresh from Charleston, as well as a great selection of wild game like bison, ostrich, and kangaroo for the adventurous home chef. We are locally owned and operated and will be happy to fill all your grocery needs. Shop local at the Country Meat Center, located at 10297 Highway 221, open 830 to 7, Monday through Saturday. Find an old 35mm film camera? Are you using one now? Do you want to? Where do you go to get your film developed? Spartan Photo Center, the last full-service camera store in South Carolina. They have all sorts of new and used cameras, digital and film. Remember film? They develop 35mm and 120-sized color negative film three times a week. Black and white every couple of weeks. Get your film developed, scanned, printed, or cloud delivered to you by Google Drive or Dropbox. Need film? They've got film. 35mm, color and black and white. Spartan Photo Center, 108 Garner Road, just off North Pine Street, across from the Food Lion. Spartanburg's radio home for Gamecock football. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSBG Spartanburg. Finding something delicious to match my mood can be a challenge, but McDonald's kills it every single time. Like when I need something with a little oomph, that's when I reach for a classic and melty McDouble. When I want something with a little oomph, that's when I go for a crispy and juicy McChicken. And with mixing that... I think we're signing off without uh, without much air time there. This sounds like the beginning, though, rather than the finish. So 
whatever it is, we're leaving. Yep, it's the ending. So, Natalie, we're not coming. The rest of you, keep it between the fences. And guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. The official home of...